Welcome back, everyone, to Shot of Culture, Queer Tales Over Kava and Tequila Sips. I'm your co-host, Pratiba, and I'm here with... Pilo G. What's going on, Pilo G? Well, I'm glad you asked. Today, we have a guest on the show. She's an author, choreographer, and director from Miami, Florida. Everyone, please welcome Marisa Alma Nick. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Hi, Marissa. How are you today? I'm doing really good. How are you both doing? Wonderful. It's Friday. Good. Absolutely. <laughs> Recording this on a Friday, Amen. so we're doing real well. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Marisa. Some background on us. Pilo and G and I are old friends, um, and we are navigating this world kind of through this podcast as well, you know, talking about our experiences as first-gen folks, being queer, people of color, born and raised here in San Francisco. Um, we tell a lot of different tales on the show from our lived experiences and really not being represented as a whole um, in, you know, what is out there at the moment. Uh, so we tell a lot of tales about our friendship and our chosen family, and we, of course, want to know about your new book that is out. But first, we kind of want to get to know you a little bit better as well. So <laughs> can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? When did you come out as a member of the LGBTQ plus community? And what was that experience like for you? Whew. Fun question to dive into. <laughs> <laughs> um Goodness, it, I feel like definitely not black and white. The My awakening was early. I had no words for it, though. So I'm 38. So just that generation, like representation, there wasn't terminology for it. But um, I had like my first secret girlfriend in high school and had like one of those scary outings by other mean girls, you know, one yeah. of those moments. Yes. So then I then I came out in college dated women for 10 years. Then I met a guy who I dated and married. And then through that journey to like relearn things about like my own identity as a queer person, if I'm bisexual, if I'm lesbian, if what kind of women do I actually like? What kind of women does society tell me I'm supposed to like? So like then going through that whole journey again. And so I feel like I've been like in a re coming out again. I've been divorced for three years now. And I wouldn't say that it had everything to do with my gayness, my lesbianism. I think a lot of other things, but definitely that. Like I remember having a moment we were walking somewhere and I saw two women holding hands and I felt so sad because like a part of me missed that and also felt like, I don't know, something was off, you know? And it made me sad that it was off because we had such a good time together, like that whole kind of thing such a journey, you know? So it was like, like yeah. this. Oh, you, I don't know if people can see me. I'm making a roller coaster motion with my hands. Oh, we can see you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is such a journey. I mean, I think, think about we, we are 44 and 45, right? And so navigating this has been like really tough. Cause like you said, there wasn't a mm -hmm. lot of language and representation and terminology. And we are just kind of coming into that for ourselves at this moment too. So thank you for sharing that with us. And does that mean yeah, you're back on the market? Say that again. Does that mean you're back in the market? Oh my God. Yeah. I've been like, how do they say like extra single in like extra healing journey. I didn't want to repeat patterns, like dive into somebody because no matter what gender they were, I had so much shit to figure out that I was just going to repeating my own toxic red flags, you know? So I've been in this space and now it's a, I don't know, it's a very liberating feeling. You know what it's like? It's like, I would, I, I do miss having the partnership, but I don't feel desperate about it. Like I'm super happy. I have great friends, 
I'm not like, yeah, I'm just going to stay single. <laughs> but it's a new perspective of being single. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, sounds like you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> so you're from Miami. Uh, you know, there's a vibrant community, at least from what I recall, hanging out in, you know, Miami, South Beach. Uh, it's community, you know, almost in a bubble from the rest of the conservative part of Florida. Um, tell us what it was like growing up in Miami, what the queer community looks like, uh, and what now, right, with so much uh, political like movement out there. What what does it feel? What is it like to be in a don't say gay state? Wild, um, right? Like, because Miami does feel different from um, <laughs> the rest of Florida. Yeah, I remember getting a taste of that in Tampa, which is where I went to for college, just like four more hours north of Miami. And they had one gay club flirt and you have to like go in through the alley and like wait for somebody to open the door. The door wasn't even open. Wow. You know, like it just wasn't now it's gay boar, Ebor city. Mm-hmm. But back when I was in college, this was not the case, you know? So there's always been, I don't know, like, you know, you grow up with that sort of like survival skill mm-hmm. and Miami, I grew up in the beach in the nineties. So like, you know, like picture birdcage, you know, the movie, like that's, yes, I grew up in that. And who my parents were and like, I was, you know, um, I, I like I saw so many gay men, but there was never a lot of gay women. That was not the thing I saw out very rarely. And still like fast forward to this day, um, like, there's no lesbian bars. There's sometimes a pop up event, you know, yeah. and sometimes like it's not consistent. Like I have a friend in Orlando. She does. Um, she's so active. And so it's like it depends on the person. She has this group less vixens and they like every Saturday night girl the party at like every Saturday night and it's a whole party for lesbians but you know and like that's the one place I think you have to like drive to from the state to like get to that place wow um and then like the drag thing you know you're talking about but don't say gay as far as like I um like teaching dance and like the students are being in the school system myself my friends who teach social studies right now like the stuff you're not supposed to say or like the rules that you have to go through as a teacher, like that now students can't even apply for certain colleges because now their credits aren't like, a, it, wow. it's really insane. And, and they're finding like one of the, our house, uh, which is the name of um, a, a bar here in Wynwood where they have, you know, a drag brunch. And this was like the place on the news that uh, DeSantis fined for wow. having the drag shows. So it's like, it is a different vibe. Sometimes you kind of like, honestly, just disassociate and you're like, I'm just going to do it and hope nothing happens. Or sometimes you pull back a little bit. So like this year's prize throughout the state was like, some of them didn't happen. The one in Wilton Manors had like, you know, rules that they're like, things just had to change a little to avoid people, I don't know, getting arrested or fines happening. So it's, it's weird. It's heartbreaking and it's weird to be fully honest. That's so sad, but that's like, it is, it's weird and it's heartbreaking. I hear that. I mean, I have, um, I have two kids, uh, so under the age of nine and we're a queer family and I have a non-binary partner and I can't even imagine being in the school system or being in extracurriculars there, you know, at all with representing like a queer family like ourselves and then like not being able to really talk about the things that are just vital to our existence. Yes, I mean, the trans bills. And so, like, not- right, notoriously, like, Dwayne Wade, they moved out of Florida. Right. Because uh, their daughter, because, you know, like, how are you going to keep your kid in, in, in this state that's n- not going to be good for you, your child, your family? And that's, um, I mean, 
you know, like they're firing teachers for having like a rainbow flag. It's very um, weird. It's, it's, um, it's sad at the same time. So some days you're like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to do my thing. And then other days it is, it's exhausting. You have to like take a step back and like go to San Francisco for the day and like get recharged and then come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come visit us anytime. <laughs> is that what maybe uh, you're considering, uh, you know, coming out West? The, um, some of it. Absolutely. I don't have kids. And, but I think even just like being in a place that's not even feeding the next generation, what they need, it's, it's really hard to be around. And also just with writing and, you know, different opportunities. Um, Miami itself is also kind of changing. I moved back here 10 years ago at a time when it was like getting its art scene going. It was gritty. It was fun. And Miami is still amazing, but it's really gotten this like akin to like Vegas. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't kind of that like that's the industry that's thriving here this sort of as far as entertainment goes and real estate and like vacation and restaurants stuff like that clubs Mm -hmm. you know so this is not what I do yeah (laughs) so yeah Mm -hmm. well let's talk about the book your new book rebel and venus um how has your dance and your work as a choreographer and director of the alma dance theater motivated you to write this first book so Right. It's a fun story. Um, (laughs) No. So I started this show Rebel and Venus in 2018. Um, I had the company, I I established it for real, for real in 2015. I moved back to Miami in 2011. And I was like, building up myself as a choreographer doing like solo work is sort of the, the thing that you do, you can afford yourself. And then like, you build your reputation and you get dancers to offer their time to you for free, until you can get more money to then like, pay them you know this is like the growth of it um so I was doing the most like the the current show at that time was Rebel and Venus and I was doing it because I was really affected by the Me Too movement I found this very you know and I think a lot of different girls and women were just um community and somebody else having the courage to say yes this was real and it happened to me despite what anybody else says and I'm gonna own that Mm -hmm. publicly opened a lot for me so I started working on this show and the shows I make are dance, but they're dance theater. So there's a lot of narrative. Yeah. But then I, my knee tore my meniscus, my right knee like snapped. And um, uh, this was like a year later while working on the show. And so it was in crutches from a surgery. And then it's a really crazy story. <laughs> it doesn't sound real. And then two weeks later, um, uh, my best friend passed away from suicide. And then two months later, the pandemic happened. Wow. So the idea of continuing to work on this show was just the way I knew I was going to, especially with the shutdown, you know, it was like, I didn't know, what, no, nobody knew. Are we going to go back to the studio? So I started writing and I had always been writing, but it wasn't what I, the, nobody knew me as dancer. Like, nobody knew me as writer. They knew me as dancer, choreographer. Um, but I like, I don't know, it's like the amount of loss that I was experiencing, um, sort of like this fearlessness and also just like, honestly, like, fuck it, this, I have nothing, like, what else am I going to do? And so I took like the show into the book and that's, you know, here we are. (laughs) That's amazing. It was definitely a transition, a difficult time, the uncertainty, right? And then obviously experiencing trauma from one thing to the next and 
Um, you know, which also brings us like there was, you know, people in our lives that had to get us, you know, help us through that. Um, you know, for us, friendships are are deep and profound, especially in the queer Mm. community. Um, you know, we become family, uh, you know, we've chosen, uh, the chosen family terminology. Um, what's something that your chosen family has taught you and keeps you going? Um, you know, especially then and then now. Yes, I'm alive because of them. <laughs> it got really dark for one birthday, and I was so grateful to be alive that year that, like, and I realized it that I threw them a party. I was like, oh my God, like, without you, we wouldn't be here today. It was, you know, very heavy. And I think it is like that it's for a lot of people in the queer community. But, and this is the thing, like, in the book, because the, the, the main character, Layla, is also super queer in her own way there was this this thing that I kept bumping up against which is like you know with my friends especially too is like there's not something wrong with me because I'm gay this is not the trauma or the mental illness that I need to to treat this Mm -hmm. is not part of the depression now like a symptom of it is because yes living in a world though that makes me feel crushed and we have like this like other internalized voice telling us that we're shit because of the other voices so like that family that chosen family very um for me just became over time especially I'm an only child is like how I have felt alive now it shifted after that time because I think I was always a person that kept like my guard up so I only let friends in to a point and so my closest friends recently the, the one I've, ha- I've had for like the longest time there's been a shift in me, like a little softness because I've let them in. So I'd always be like, come to me for your problems. But like, (laughs) I'm just like a superhero that needs nothing. And then like, I fell apart, you know, and I had to ask for help. And and it's not why my friend died either. But I wished I would have been more available to her also through a time when she needed me. And I just didn't understand somebody's, her depression and what she was dealing with as well. So that shifted me. I think it's made me a better friend. I really, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. And again, thank you for sharing your vulnerability there. Queer friendships are just so important to us. I mean, for myself, like I've experienced a lot of family rejection. You know, I can't say that I have any blood family, but I have my chosen family, my friends, and that's the core that really like keeps me in check and keeps me going and keeps me accountable. And it's just so important to have that. I think we do that really well in the queer community. Yes, it's a place to be your fullest self. I'm lucky. I'm an only child and I have my two parents. They're still alive, still married, and they have always been accepting of me. They were their families. They both had gay cousins that came out to them in the 60s and 70s. Like my parents were those people, but the rest of the family wasn't. And so even though they, not that they tried to be, they were, you still sort of see that the rest of the family even sees them as black sheep. Mm -hmm. And so therefore you're like the other black sheep, you know? And so it's like, um, I struggle with and I, I try to talk to them about it, but it's always easier to just be my full self with the, the chosen family because I know that I don't have to explain myself to somebody or somebody's judging me, which, you know, is a hor- horrible feeling. Yeah. Right on. I mean, I think that's 100% accurate. You know, like we can just be ourselves with each other. And that is mm-hmm. such a valuable thing. So for anyone listening out there, find your people, find your chosen family, because oh my gosh, they yes. are life saving. <laughs> find your tribe. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, so where can folks get a copy of the book? Amazon. 
The, um, I've, I've gotten it into some local bookstores. I targeted feminist and queer bookstores, but I mean, like bookstores is a, a, a rarity these days. So if you have a local bookstore, it might be there. And if yeah. they don't have it, ask for it. Um, but if most people do Amazon, <laughs> so it is there on Amazon. It's on ebook and um, print. And then what is this September in October, um, the second week of October, it'll be out on audiobook, um, on audible and all that. So you can take me with you on the subway or to sleep at night. Oh, that sounded so wrong. <laughs> or right. Uh, yeah. Wrong or right. <laughs> yeah, it depends who you're asking. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much. We're going to um, switch gears a little bit to uh, a fun segment that we do on this show with each other and every guest that visits us. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. We, I think it's time for... Uh, Gay q and I think it's time. <laughs> okay. Gay Q&A with Marisa Almanick. Okay, are you ready for this gay Q&A? <laughs> Super ready. Okay, uh, Pilo's going to go over a little bit about what gay Q&A is. Yes. <laughs> so gay Q&A is when we ask you questions that are common in our queer community. These questions can vary from sex to relationship advice to common terminology. You are welcome to plead the fifth on any of these questions as we have from time to time it's better if you're you don't believe the fifth but if you do it's okay uh, we're gonna pull okay. questions out at random we usually do it out of a hat so are you ready to play yes i'm ready all right all right here we go okay so we had an episode a few weeks back on you hauling you hauling with someone <laughs> she's already laughing um, have you you hauled with someone? And if yes, tell us all the details about that experience. Oh, I've only you hauled. I'm trying not to. <laughs> it's like my first time. And I like I dated somebody intentionally briefly that they like lived in a whole other country because I was like, this will keep me from you hauling for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's just it has happened. Even when I dated a guy, I was like, yeah. I don't know. I don't even think I let it. You know, he was also very feminine. I don't know. I felt like he was a lesbian and very <laughs> feminine in his own way. Um, he was all about the nesting. Um, but, you know, yes, I have never not. from. I mean, my first girlfriend, well, that was high school, but my first serious girlfriend in college, I mean, as soon as I could, like the goal was to, like get our own apartment, you know, and before that we like you hauled into each other's places every night. <laughs> so... So how soon are yeah. we talking about? Like a day or two, a week or two? Gosh. So, the, you know, college, you're so open, I think, in a different place in your life. Yes. If I remember right, we met on MySpace and we were like in different parts of Florida. And then Not she wasn't, She. I feel like it took a couple of weeks. It might have taken two weeks, two weeks. Yeah. And then it was like every night sort of thing. Yeah. Amazing. I love, we love that you just said MySpace because that's like our generation, right? <laughs> like, it's like, what? oh wait, my top five friends? <laughs> Tom? Oh no, I wasn't like standing at like USF with a sign, like girl looking to date another girl in Tampa, for sure, no. <laughs> I was like, Amma, no. who are your top five? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Do spill. You know, pe people have gotten into fights quite. about that, about yes. their top five. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, awesome. Uh, question number two. What do you think about top, bottom, or switch queer culture? And what are you? I think I'm a switch, but more of a bottom. 
Okay. You know, um, in queer culture, I think it's, I mean, like, talk about it. I think, you know, I think we should talk about sex. The more we talk about sex, the safer we all are. Yes. <laughs> so, yes. like, I'm here for it. Um, but yes, and I, I think because I was not was like, I still dance, but with like two busted knees and multiple surgeries, I don't dance the same way. Um, but I always had this like performer thing in me. So I thought for a long time I was a top, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm top. And I was like, I don't actually like it. Like, I'm so type A in life. I don't want to do it. Like, I just want to be like taken, you know, <laughs> in a in a consensual way. Yes, you know, yes, stuff. yes. Yes. But sometimes, you know, you like to switch it up because you're in a mood or you're inspired. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. Awesome. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So um, let's see here. Next question is going to be, uh, do you, did you watch the L word? First of all, and if so, what character do you relate to the most or want to, you know, connect with the most? So, yeah, like for, I love the L word so much. Um, it's a joke. Like, that's my show. Oh, nice. You know, like coming out. So, yeah, like coming, when I really came out in college, I went to the Blockbuster and like the library and they had like the one gay shelf and then the Blockbuster had like the one like gay section and they had this show, the L word which I heard somebody at Starbucks talking about my manager. And I was like, oh, what's that? And I rented the box, you know, it's like, what, three episodes? Yes. And watched them over and over until I could get the next one. <laughs> and it's been like that ever since. Now it streams. I have that show on all the time. And it still comforts me because it's still, what, how many other shows do we have right. about a cast of gay women? Yes. Right? Um, so I do love it. Now, People aren't going to like me for this, but I have always connected up until how things got, you know, I get it. They have to create a storyline. Season four to six, things switched up. But Jenny, I really yeah. like, yeah, especially season one and two. I really appreciated this like semi-Jewish femme girl realizing she's attracted to other femme girls, understanding her trauma. She's a writer. Hello. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I see myself. <laughs> Yeah. Now, where her story went, I like absolutely not. Yeah. Um. But I do still appreciate her like mm -hmm. chutzpah as a woman. That's like this is what I'm gonna do. Yes. How she did it, probably very questionable. Um. But yeah, yeah. And I know like everybody hates on Jenny, but yeah, <laughs> hey, she I definitely related to her. She yeah, she Marina. Did. <laughs> I mean, I feel the same way Listen. about the L world. I feel like it helped me come out just watching that show originally, mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, and I've heard, I don't know if this is true or not, that they're, I know that the Generation Q went away, but they're going to do a reboot of the original. Yes, I've heard. And like in New York also, I hear these rumors. Um, I think it's just like seeing, even though, right, it's a fantasy, anything on TV is not real, right? Even reality TV is not real. But see, representation matters. And that was like the only thing. The only other thing I had seen was, but I'm a cheerleader, you know, which was the movie next to the L word at Blockbuster. So yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> this is what it can be. Like, it's yeah. real. It's not, yeah. you know, um, yeah, it, it really matters. So, yeah, I'm here for the L word. I believe in it. I love it awesome. so much. <laughs> good, good. All right. So uh, final question for you. Since you mentioned early on that you are incredibly single. What's your preferred type? <laughs> mm. Every time I say I have a type, I meet somebody that's not that type. This is how life goes. Yes. You know? yeah. Yes. Like, um, so I'm scared, but I, you know, I like, I tend to, when I'm out, who catches my attention is a feminine woman. 
but then you know which comes with its own baggage like the whole straight girl thing Mm -hmm. or um you know and like I've had to unravel that too (laughs) um like is that internalized homophobia or like what is this Uh. I don't know um but but I am a person person you know so yes tends to be uh not somebody too much younger than me that's a thing I've learned it's I, I tried it doesn't like the connection just sort of overlaps I do I think the type of person I like is somebody who's also like a strong survivor like of some sort like a very bold passionate person I need somebody who's passionate because I will get I don't understand I'm so passionate (laughs) about what I do so I need you to like be equally passionate about what you do and then we can also be like passionate about each other but something like have a thing yeah awesome I cool. love that. I love all that right. so you much. You guys are listening. So Amal, sign up. We'll send you uh, her email. Yeah, right? No. <laughs> Please. Come hit on me. We're going to do matchmaking over here oh, now, yeah. too. Yeah. Slide into my DMs. Yes. I will write back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, thanks, Manisa, for playing along with us. That's the end of Gay Q&A. Thank you so much. We're so thrilled to have you on the show today. Everyone in the audience, please go to Amazon and get a copy of Marissa's new book, Rebel and Venus, out now. Awesome. <laughs> As always, fam, email us if you have any questions at shotofculturepodcast at gmail.com or follow our social media links, Shot of Culture Podcast as well. And be sure to follow Marissa online. We'll provide her links in our video And uh, you want to kick us out? Yeah, that's your shot of culture for today, folks. We'll see you next time. Bye.